Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the science of selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Huffeld, and today we're going to continue in our series looking at how influence occurs. If you'll recall, over the last two episodes, we talked about the two roots of influence that now hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scientific studies have confirmed. Last episode, we talked about that peripheral root of influence that shapes perception. It is peripheral to the message. And today, we're going to talk about the central root of influence. This is the message. This is those key things that for your potential clients to say yes to you, they must commit to. This is also what creates lasting loyalty. And unlike those heuristics that comprise the peripheral root of influence that happen almost involuntarily below the level of consciousness, the central root of influence requires elaboration. Our potential clients must think through and respond with commitments to those key parts of our message. So today, we're going to talk about what exactly is the central root of influence. In other words, what are those commitments? How do we get commitments to them? And what happens if you can't get a commitment? And I'll give you some additional application for this as well. So let's dive in and get this party started. As we do, the central root of influence is so impactful. This is what we need to focus on because this is what the goal of our sales process is. What is the central root of influence? Now, here's what we know. Commitments are the building blocks of the sale. The idea that commitments are important isn't necessarily a new idea. In fact, it's very old. Numerous methodologies have talked about this over the last 50, 60 years. What we want to focus on, though, what is a new idea is what commitments matter the most. And here's what the science shows us. That central root of influence is made up of certain commitments called the six whys. Ooh, this is a big one. Now, we have talked about the six whys in all of my books, in our training, and even on this podcast We have episodes devoted to them, so we're going to run through them real quickly. These six whys represent the mental steps that my brain, that your brain, that your potential clients' brains must go through to form a buying decision. And if one of these whys is not committed to, the sale does not happen. If all of them are committed to, the sale is very likely to occur. In fact, it almost always does. This is what we're trying to do in our sales process. In other words, what is the goal of a sales process? We want to get commitments to the six whys, and we use the peripheral root of influence, what we talked about last episode, those heuristics, to communicate in a way that inspires the commitment. What are they in rapid fire? Why change? Why now? Why your industry solution? Why you and your company? Why your product or service? And why spend the money? Wow, that was so fast, David. Let's do it one more time then. Why change? 
Why now? Why can't I wait? Why your industry solution? Can't we develop a solution on our own? Why do we need you or your competitors, really your main competitors? Why you and your company? Why your product or service? Why is that the right solution for us? Why spend the money? This one is often one we don't think about, but oftentimes there are other priorities that an individual or organization will have. Why should they invest their funds, which are most likely limited in what you're offering versus something totally unrelated? So those are the six whys. So how do you get commitments to them? You want to look at your sales process and you want to use that framework of the six whys to say, am I addressing those within the sales process? Now, you might walk into a sales situation where you already have or the client has already made numerous commitments. So let's say, for example, that you meet with a potential client and you find out on your initial call, just in asking them some questions, that they have already committed to making a change and they need to do it quickly. So why change and why now? Check and check. What they're looking for is what's the right solution? Who's the right provider? And so now where am I going to focus my attention? You've probably also noticed this. When you're doing multiple sales calls, how do you know what you should focus on? Oftentimes, this is where the crazy starts. When you ask salespeople, like, what do you need to focus on on your next call? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to check in with them. And Right? That's how it often goes. The six whys give you a framework that allows you to know exactly what I should focus on. Which of the six whys have they not committed to yet? That's what I want to focus on. Ooh, that's so powerful and so relevant. So as you go into the calls on multiple calls, right, over, especially if it's over a long period of time, which of the why should I focus on? And if it's over a long period of time, let's say there's been a gap between the first call and the second call, and you've gotten a couple commitments to the first why. Let's say, for example, going off the example that I shared a few minutes ago, that they've already committed to why change and why now. And so in your next call, you want to talk about why your industry solution, why you and your company, and then get a little bit into the product as well that might be the best fit for them. But it's been, let's say, for no fault of your own, they have other things going on, other priorities, vacations, whatever it may be. You couldn't meet with them for three months. Okay, let's just throw that out there. Could it be longer for many of you? Shorter for many of you, we're just going to say three months. What do I want to do when I get into that call? Let's recap where we are. Last time we talked, we talked about the importance of making this change, and then you're going to share some information that they shared, and then also the importance of doing that now as well. Oh, are we on the same page still? Absolutely. Great, I can move on. And they go, well, you know, actually, we've had a shift with some of our priorities from our executive team. Oh, here we go, right? So I want to always see on a long sales cycle, where am I at in relation to those whys? Sometimes the ground can shift, especially over long periods of time as new priorities emerge, turnover occurs, marketplace conditions shift. We want to be hypersensitive to where is our client in relation to those six whys. So how do we get commitments to them? Number one thing, you wanna present in ways that inspire commitments to those whys. Now, one question I often get is, David, do I need to verbally get a commitment to the six whys? And my response would be, 
how else are you going to know if they've committed to the six wise if they don't tell you verbally? I mean, if I guess if they want to write you a note and say, I've committed to why change, that'll work. But most likely that's not going to happen on any of your sales calls. So yeah, and you're going to need to get it verbally. Now, this could be inspired through questions. They might just share with you the commitment that they've made, or you might ask for that commitment. Now, what would that sound like? Let's just pick two of them at random. And I'll give you some examples. Again, these are jumping off points. These may or may not be applicable to your exact situation. I'm not asking you to do what I say word for word here. I'm just giving you an example that you can adapt, change, and just say, oh, okay, I see what he's saying. So let's say why change. You might want to say, so it sounds like making this change is something you're all very committed to. Is that what I'm understanding? Or why now? Uh, what is your timeline for this project? Oh, we're looking at doing it, you know, whenever we find the right solution. Okay. So if you found the right solution, would you want to move forward as quickly as possible? Or are there other considerations you may have? Oh, no, we definitely want to do it as quickly as possible. That's what I'm looking for. So it can be very conversational, which, of course, it always should be. But I want to be attentive to what am I trying to do in the sales process? Get commitments to those six whys. And I'm presenting information to inspire commitments to it. Now, one other thing I want to remind you of that I believe we talked about a year ago or more on this podcast, which is one way to reduce the friction in getting a commitment to one of the six wives is when you're asking for a commitment, which is what we're talking about right now. What I want you to be really attentive to is what comes right before the commitment. If you're presenting and you just jump into a commitment question, which is usually a second level assessment questions for those of you who are keeping score, I'm really cautious of that because sometimes it'll feel like you're presenting information and then all of a sudden you're hitting them with a commitment question and you might feel some friction there. Like, boy, I just feel like I'm jumping ahead a little bit. It doesn't feel natural. So what you want to do is stick a little nudge in there. What is that? It's another second level assessment question. Again, for those of you who are keeping score or have read either of my books, Somewhere with Science or The Science of Selling, which I highly recommend, by the way. A second level assessment question. What would that sound like? It's going to get them to affirm the ideas that the commitment is based upon. So let's pick one of the six whys that we haven't talked about yet as far as getting a commitment. We'll go with why your product or service. So what do we do on this why? Let's say the commitment is, do you feel this solution that we've discussed is the right solution for you? But that's a big commitment after I'm presenting about it and dialoguing with them. So how do I soften that? Put that little nudge, that little second level assessment question in that affirms the value of it. What could that sound like? It could sound something like this. Do you feel that this solution would meet your needs of X, Y, and Z that you shared a little earlier? Yeah, I feel like it would. It seems like a good fit for us. Excellent. Then I can go right in after that for the commitment. Do you feel that this solution that is the right one for you? I can follow that right up with it. So it affirms the value and then goes one step further into that commitment. So in other words, what else could this sound like? Let's go with why number four, why you and your company, and I'll just apply this to, to me. Say I'm trying to get a commitment to my firm, Huffel Group. So I could say, a little nudge, second level assessment question to set up the commitment. Does it make sense why so many leaning companies are advocating for a science-backed sales approach? 
yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They might say, yeah, it makes a lot. Why wouldn't you want to use science? So they say that. And I go, so let me ask, do you feel that our science-backed sales approach is the right fit for your organization and this new trending initiative that you have? So you see how it sets them up for that commitment. So I'd encourage you, when you ask for a commitment, what do you do right before it? Now, what if you don't get a commitment? So you do all that and they go, well, I don't know. It's something for me to think about. I mean, obviously, if they give you an objection, that's a lot more straightforward to handle, right? But what if they don't give you a commitment and they're not objecting? Let's just play in the deep end of the pool here because this is what often happens. So you go in for a beautiful commitment, let's say to your solution. They go, you know, it sounds good, I guess. It's something to think about. Okay, that's not an objection. In other words, they're not saying, no, I hate your solution. They're just not ready yet to make a commitment. So what do we do? Two things I'm going to share with you you can do here. Number one strategy I would share, get them to defend their position in your favor. That means you're going to say something like this. Well, it sounds like you see some value in the solution that we've kind of put together. I'd love to get your feedback, though. If you were to have this solution, what do you think some of the biggest benefits would be to you? And now they're going to stop and think about it. And they're going to say, well, this, 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 and that. And then you can go back in for your commitment, mirror their words back, go back in for the commitment. Boom, that works almost every time. But let's just say it doesn't. Well, look at me just creating obstacles for myself. Let's just say that doesn't work. So you go, David, I did that beautifully and it doesn't work. They're still not ready to make a commitment. What do you do then? And it looks like our time is our time is up for this. No, I'm just teasing. All right. I'm going to tell you. And what do you do then? So here's what you want to do. The good news is the sale is not over. You know, lack of commitment to one of these wides is your biggest problem. If they won't commit, they're not going to buy. But you still have some runway left. Everything's going to be okay. Now the question is, I've presented information. I've asked for the commitment. They wouldn't do it. They didn't object, but they were still processing it. I tried to help them think through it. Most likely that made an impact, but it wasn't enough to get the commitment. Let's just say this doesn't happen very often, but let's just say it did to you. What do you do? What additional new information can I give them to help inspire this commitment? So now it's, I'm thinking strategically, maybe it's, I need to bring in another team member or show them something different or collaborate with uh, my sales manager and say, on the next call, what can I do? But I want to get really strategic here. What you do not want to do is just move on as if nothing happened, because why? Something did happen. They would not make a commitment to one of the major things they must commit to, but the sale isn't over. You have some runway left, so use it. And again, what I've laid out for you here works the vast majority of the time, but if it doesn't, then you want to use that runway, give them some new information, and then go back in for that commitment. That way, when you get to the end of the sale, it's just a final commitment in that buying decision that is intertwined and dependent on the previous commitments to those six wides that either have or have not been made. In other words, if you want to avoid the roller coaster at the close, and if you do get objections, get weak ones, this is how you do it. So what are you waiting for? I would encourage you, evaluate your sales process via that central route, those six whys. Focus on, are you addressing them? How do you ask for a commitment? What do you do if you don't get a commitment? 
Do you have those strategies I went over in place? So you're thinking about the sale through the framework of the six whys. Why do we do that? Because it is the most accurate way to do it. And the six whys are what comprise that central root of influence. And that is a major factor in whether or not you get the sale. So what are you waiting for? Apply this information because when you do, you're going to sell something. I'll see you next time. <laughs>